Hey, it's Bridget and Liz, and you're listening to Dude, Dude, Guess What? Hello, it's episode 25, and this episode is sponsored by caffeine. By caffeine, that's right, except I don't drink caffeine, so this is just like sheer, sheer willpower on my side. And it's by caffeine for me. So <laughs> anyway, um, man, can't believe we took a little break last week. I mean, I can, but I know, I know. Bridget was super disappointed that I wanted to take a break, but I was getting used to a new my new life. And um, yeah, I mean, the week that uh, the big the big news here is I had my baby. And he's perfect and we love him so, so much. Um, But the week we had our baby, we had already pre-recorded an episode. So we had an episode come out um, the week our baby was born. And um, yeah, so last week we didn't have anything pre-recorded and I just needed to like dip my toes in the water of motherhood, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been crazy for you. I remember those first few weeks and few months are just wild and it is wild but besides having a baby anything else kind of oh um we got the gosney um pizza oven oh yeah we have now used it twice we used it once while bridget was here and while sarah was here and um and then we just used it again tonight and we think we found the perfect way to make it we've been using too much dough and we need to use less dough like cut in half basically so the, the crusts are thinner um, so they're not so thick like they were on when you were here. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're we're making progress towards the perfect. Did pizza. you guys figure out how to get it to not stick? Yes. Um, the key was not using um, parchment, parchment paper. paper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we just used an, like a lot of flour and then I put semolina flour on the bottom. So it was like a little grainy. And then we put it on the peel and then shove it in there. Oh, Okay. That's cool. Yeah, your guys' pizzas that you guys sent a picture of with bomb, like especially the pepperoni one, all those pepperonis are like turned up and they're just. I know. I honestly, I was like, dude, Bridget would love this because they're like perfectly crisp. Yeah, that's the only, I mean, I'm not a big like meat person in general, um, but the pepperonis when they're turned up like that, I'm like, okay. Whenever Bridget says turn turned up i'm always like me too dude i'm like i know i like i was refraining from doing that because i didn't want to sound like it's okay i'll do it i'll be the one that sounds dumb like a dummy um what about you may man this week's kind of been wild i mean tomorrow i start my second semester of grad school um no and I like looked at the syllabus for the classes this, like last week and I'm like, man, this is going to be a crazy semester. Just you do it though. It's like, How many classes are you taking? I'm only taking two. So six credits, but it just, I, if I was in like a different situation where maybe Anthony wasn't in residency, I would take more, but mm-hmm. whereas like he's in residency, I'm working part-time and I'm a full-time mom. Like it's like, it's a lot, dude. Yeah. Um, Anthony went to Houston this last weekend to go um, see one of his uh, really good friends wedding. Um, Mm -hmm. They got married in Galveston, like on the beach. 
Oh, fun. Yeah, he took Austin with him. Um, I stayed home with JD. JD is teething, so he has been really, really fussy. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't able to get everything done that I needed to get done, but mm-hmm. it's okay. We did, however, go to the new grand opening of Twisted Sugar. And that is the real news. Yeah, for real, though. Like, And you know what? I was telling Anthony on my way home. Okay, so for those that are like Twisted Sugar fans, my favorite Twisted Sugar cookies are the cookie butter one and um, the banana banana cream. cream. Yeah. And the cookie butter one, I was telling Ant, I'm like, I don't know if it's because these cookies are probably more fresh since they are um, here. I don't like since it barely opened, but the cookie butter like tasted way more smooth. And the cookie tasted better. Like than the ones you had in Utah? Yeah. Mmm, interesting. They were so good, dude. Like. I know you brought me some in the hospital. Well, I, I, I was able to eat them the day after because I couldn't yeah. eat actually brought them. But they they still slapped. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of Twisted Sugar. But that was basically our week. Um, Austin starts preschool this next week. Oh, what are you going to do? You're going to have just JD at home. I know. Well, he's only gone a couple days a week, um, but it'll be it'll be crazy to like have him gone a little bit just because we're so used to I'm so used to having him here all the time, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, but that's it. Anyway, Liz, current event corner. Current event corner is brought to you by Liz the Shiz. Um. And uh, what we want to talk about today is still in the vein of babies. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson welcomed a baby boy via a surrogate this last couple weeks. And um, my thing with that is like, bro, like, I just think they're together just because they can be together and have like a baby and like, do they even really like each other type of thing? Because are, he keeps cheating on her. <laughs> are they even still together though? Like, I, they, I don't know right now. Liz told me this right before she, um, we got on and I was like, she said that they had another baby and I was, I was literally like, no way. There's no way because he's cheated on her. He even got another girl pregnant while they were together. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a big lawsuit going on with that. Or there oh, was. Really? Because the girl was trying to get a paternity test, and I think she wanted money out of it, but it is his child. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm just like, man, the guy keeps cheating on you. Like, Why have another kid with him? Well, and yeah. Like, yeah. And it's like, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. at this point, you're just setting your, like, you, I guess you know what you're getting yourself into, but... The thing, too, is I think that the scandal happened um, back in uh, December when they found out that he was he had another baby with another Mm -hmm. girl. Yeah. And so if if this child, let's say that this child was just born in July end of July, obviously, like I'm assuming maybe if I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they had already planned this surrogate um, before she found out about another the other baby. And so they're also like in a legally binding contract with this surrogate that 
Yeah. Well, here's this thing I actually heard on it earlier today about them is like this and this and this made complete sense to me is like Khloe Kardashian. The Kardashians lives are built around um, scandal and, uh, you know, crazy things that happen. So they kind of need um, these types of events to happen where, you know, you have a baby and you find out your baby daddy is cheating on you. But Tristan Thompson doesn't need it. Like he's a basketball player. And it's not like he can get kicked out of the NBA for cheating, you know, like he will always still have a job, but the Kardashians won't have a job if we don't constantly talk about them and their crazy lives. So that's where I kind of think like together, Tristan and Chloe might have like a business relationship. So is this like a conspiracy theory? I don't know, but that's kind of, it kind of makes sense to me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean... I definitely see that's true. The thing, too, is, like, I'd have to ask Ant on this um, because I don't really know anything about sports. But is he even a good base or baseball player? See, that's how, like, like good like, I, I don't am. know about baseball, but I'm, I'm sure he plays basketball. Um, is he even a good basketball player? Like, I don't even know what team he's on. Yeah, me either. Um, talking about sports, this isn't about the current. Well, it kind of is current event. There's a new, is it Manti Teo? oh yeah dude, documentary yes. yes um we're watching it tonight and okay. anthony was trying to tell me a little i remember when this happened like i remember hearing about the fake girlfriend back in college i think it mm-hmm. happened in 2012 or 2013 yeah like actually like 2009 to 2011 okay yeah i just remember hearing about it obviously i've never been involved in sports so it i just heard about it, it not like i really cared and then anthony was telling me more about it like this last weekend about how it was like somebody he he got catfished yeah and it was somebody he knew and i guess his like nfl career kind of tanked because of it because people thought that he was in on it part of it yeah and anyway for those that like um i really i personally really like documentaries like there are so many that i want to watch i just like need to find the time to do it Watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway i feel like that is one that you could we could talk about is the documentary yeah, ryan and i watched it last couple days ago i don't know it was, and we watched it at night and it was actually really good ryan finished the second episode without me and i was like but also i told him i had to go to bed because i was so tired but i ended up finishing it the next day because i was actually interested in really finishing. intrigued yeah i'm excited to watch it um yeah, let me know what you think i will anyway yeah. More onto the meat of the topic. Liz had her baby. I did have my baby. So and it was crazy. It was a wild ride. Like, well, I don't the, know how to describe it. Yeah. I just am like, the thing too is like, it happened so sudden. Yeah. Um, I just remember like last week, you guys were like going to get called in. And then I don't know, you go ahead and yeah. tell them about. So start at the very beginning. Okay. So. I asked my doctor. Fell in love and got married. Yeah, we fell in love. And, oh, what is it? So I'll tell this actually a side note here. So when Ryan and I were getting married, my niece Sophia asked me and Ryan if we knew how a baby was made. And I was like, uh, I do, but do you? <laughs> like, and where's this conversation going? And she said, um, she said, yeah, you first have to love each other and then you have to work together. And I was like, Oh, that's really cute. But um, anyway, so that's that's the story. But anyway, so we have this baby and we love him. But I asked my doctor if I could be induced a week early. So at 39 weeks instead of the uh, 40 weeks um, 
it says it has better like outcomes. Like there's some data on it um, from a clinical study. And since that's what I do for my life, I am all about that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, so she said yes. So I had to call in on August 7th because we were going to be induced on August 8th. And um, I called. That was a Sunday. Yeah, that was a Sunday. Bridget was in town. I had Bridget come out so she could be there for the birth of baby Robbie. And and she was in town. And so um, I called during the time I was supposed to. And they're like, oh, yeah, come in tomorrow evening. Um, Like, we'll see you. And I said, do you have any idea of, like, what time? And they said, probably 5 p.m. And so it was, like, 3 in the afternoon on Sunday that day. Well, and we were planning on going to breakfast the next yeah. morning. Yeah. Cause we were like, okay, well, if we're not going to get called in until 5 PM, like let's go make a day of it. You know? So we're like trying to brainstorm some fun places to go eat and like have like what we should do for the day. Cause Ryan and I, we all had the day off, you know, and Bridget was in town and with her boys and we thought we could do something fun. Um, and then at like eight o'clock that night, Ryan and I were sitting down to watch master chef as we do. And I got a call from the hospital and they said, Hey, just checking to see if you wanted to come in any earlier. And I was thinking they were going to be like, you know, noon or maybe like 10 AM. And I was like, sure. Um, and they said, okay, can you be here at midnight? And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> and I just was freaking out. I was like, sure. I'll be there at midnight. You know, like, so we, I got the phone, Bridget was putting her boys down and yeah. I didn't yeah. even know. Well, I was putting Austin down and I come out and mom was like, so did you hear the news? And in my mind, I, I didn't, I it like didn't even register. And then she's like, yeah, Liz is going in tonight. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. was like, what? Yeah. So I was like too amped up to like go to bed or like relax. I just, they were like, make sure you eat a meal before you come in. Cause you know, you never really know how fast things are going to progress. And so Ryan made a pizza, a California pizza kitchen, frozen pizza. And we had that at like nine o'clock. And then um, I showered because I didn't know the next time I was going to shower was going to be, even though I'd already showered that day. Uh, Ryan took like a tiny nap. And then at 1130 PM, we left to go to the hospital. Uh, We clocked in at midnight and they started, they started everything. (laughs) They started the process. Yeah. They started the process. So the, um, they do like this cervix ripening thing, um, with a drug called Cytotech and they started that. And I think I did four rounds of it and they, st- I think the first one was at 1 AM. The next one was at like five. Yeah, that sounds right. Five. And then like nine 30 or something like that. Anyway. Um, and I was making like no progress. And I think by the time they did the second round or no, no, no. By the time they did the third round, I was at uh one and that was enough to put the balloon they put this like balloon thing up your hoo-ha um to like get to your cervix to yeah uh, what's it called to like make it (laughs) sorry i'm trying to think basically they put this balloon up there to make it expand so that way like you go from like a a one to a three so you can like progress so while they were Oh, oh wait, and I came I came in that morning. So like okay. I Liz and Ryan went in at noon at noon. Oh my gosh. At midnight. And um I obviously like I was mainly here for the birth, but um I was like, I'll just sleep tonight at home and then um I'll come in at like 730-ish. And so yeah. I went and got McDonald's for Ryan and I came oh, yeah. in and I was there for like them putting that balloon up you 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, I don't want to see, like, I'm really close with my sister, but I'm not like this that close. close. <laughs> well, so before they could put the balloon up there, they had to um, see where Robbie, if he was head down position and he was head down, but he was like a little off to the side, off to the left. And so they had to manipulate my belly, like to get him to move. Mm-hmm. And that was painful <laughs> to say the least. Um, and so they're like pushing him, trying to get him to like scooch over. So he was like dead center in the middle of my cervix and they would like alter sound it and then they'd have to like move him a little bit and then ultrasound it and you know adjust accordingly um but so they finally got him in the right position and then they inserted the balloon and things were good to go well uh, and it inserting the balloon they accidentally they broke my water on x water yeah so that was at 10 a.m um so they broke my water and they asked me if i had been diagnosed with like this i don't even know what it's called it's basically saying that you have tons of amniotic fluid. The group um, B? No, 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 no. I'm oh. saying because when they broke my water, I had so much fluid coming out. They oh. asked, they were like, did you get diagnosed with blah, blah, blah. I, don't, I don't know what it is. Someone else is going to figure that out for me. But it's basically just like where you have tons of amniotic fluid um, because I just was like gushing fluid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I had never been told that. Although when I went to my non-stress test, they did tell me that there was like plenty of fluid in there, but they didn't tell me like, there was like a crazy amount. Um, yeah. So well, when that- I left, like I left at like 1030 ish and then I came back. You came back. Yeah. I came back at around like one, two. Okay. Yeah. Because that's right. Because I knew I, I was having contractions and they were pretty intense mm-hmm. and I hadn't had an epidural yet. And at this point I've been having contractions since what like 1 a.m and it was now noon or one or something like that and I remember like I was telling Bridget I wanted to get the epidural I was texting Bridge I said I can wait to tell the nurse that I want this and I want it at two o'clock like I can hold off until then but they were like so intense because that's what that that drug does is it makes your body have contractions yeah think of it so Bridget comes in and um and like Ryan and we had an awesome nurse, dude. Our daytime nurse was really awesome. And I cannot think of her name right now, but this is, but this is the thing is I came in at one and then did you get your epidural then? I got it at two. They started at oh, two. I'm getting it mixed up. Cause I remember you calling at like six and you're like, I think I'm getting a C-section. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's like, okay. So then yeah. never mind. Never mind. Yeah. So they come and do the epidural at two o'clock, but where I had my baby, the University of Utah, um, it's a teaching hospital. And so there are um, residents and. Well, they have a med school there. So they have a med school. So there's all sorts of people there and they're trying to get the experience that they need to be able to be doctors one day, like, you know, practicing physicians. So that way they can teach other people how to do these things. And I'm all for it. Like they need the experience and it's fine. So I had a, was, it was a first year resident and a third year resident in anesthesiology Yeah, and anesthesiology doing my epidural and the attending, they got it all set up. And then the attending came in to watch them do it. It took so long. It took like an hour to get, to get my epidural. And I, and the thing is you have to like sit there and like, like I'm like doing the motion. Um, like you have to work through the contraction. So I'm like having these crazy contractions while they're, and, and you can't move because you've got like a foot long needle out the back of your mm-hmm. back. It's actually um, not that, it's not, I don't think it's that long, but it's, well, I don't really know how long it is. I couldn't oh. see. <laughs> I'm just making it up. 
Um, I just the only thing that was like super annoying was um, the actual. So you have the first year anesthesiology resident and the third year. And I think he said that he was chief resident. I couldn't remember, though. But um, the attending comes in and, you know, she's obviously trying to teach them like how to or for this kid who's a first year, like where to put it in. Like, I think there's like a little sack that they put it in or something. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it would kind of get quiet and she'd be talking to them, but it'd be like kind of mumbling and she'd be like, oh, we're just we're just talking shop back here. So you guys are like, dude, I got it. Like, you don't want us to hear, but I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, kind of funny. uh, Yeah, she probably said that like three or four times. Yeah, just we're just talking shop. Like, we know you're telling him what to do. We understand. (laughs) That's and that's the thing. It was just I don't know. It was funny. Yeah, my nurse was like trying to like talk to me. She's like, Do you like do you have any pets? Like she was trying to like be nice to get my mind off of it. And I just wanted to be like, I know you're trying to help me, but like me having this like like frivolous <laughs> conversation is not helping. Oh but really? My, I mean, I, I I don't know. I think I just would rather have like breathed through I don't know, but she was nice and I appreciated what she was trying to do. But by the time they were done, I was like so hot and sweaty, like from like the whole process mm-hmm. and um they had to put that special like uh what is it like a special tape on my back because my skin was so sweaty oh don't that's you remember that? right she's yeah. like do you have any of that special tape or something yeah i don't know what it was i didn't though. realize it was for that i don't i anyway yeah but so, you got that epidural and it was like and it was game changing and uh i think they did one more round of cytotech um and nothing was happening. I, I had progressed to a three. And then when they took the balloon out, um, I went back down to like, oh, actually, no, I was a three plus. And then when they took the balloon out, I went back down to a three. Like, so I wasn't making any progress. Um, with well, that. they started you on Pitocin. Yeah. So then they started me on Pitocin. And I was- left at this point. Yeah. So they started me on Pitocin. And I don't know how the dosing works with Pitocin. So like, throw me a bone. But basically they can like do it in increments of like two or three or something like that. And the first time they did it, it was at a one. And, um, they noticed that baby Robbie was having like these like decelerations every single time I'd have a contraction. So his heart would kind of like go down and then it would come back up. Um, and so they were kind of nervous about that. So they said, okay, let's watch it. You know, it's not concerning enough to do anything about it right now. So then they upped the dose to a three. And it was still bad. And I have a heart problem, so I can't um, take a lot of medications because of that. And one of the medications that they have generally um, to help with like these D cells when they have the um, Pitocin is, I can't remember what it's called, but I can't have it because of my heart problem. So basically um, they decided that these decelerations that Robbie was having were um, enough to stop the medication or, or if I was had a normal body, they would just give me that like rescue medication that normal people could have. But because my heart thing, they just had to completely stop it, wait for 30 minutes and then reassess. Um, so at the 30 minute mark, he seemed to be doing better. Um, but I wasn't having any contractions. So they said, let's just wait it out a little bit longer, see how things are going. And so I think we probably waited another hour or two before we got another round of Pitocin. Um, and, but I wasn't having contractions without the Pitocin. So like there was nothing really going on. 
Um, so the new, did you come in when the new night nurses came in? I just came in when you were getting the, you called me. So Liz, I go home. I haven't even, I don't even, I haven't even been home for like very long. No. Um, and then, cause I was thinking that I just wouldn't come in the rest of the night. I think I can't remember, but I just told you that like, I'd have my phone on ring, like blah, blah, blah. Or no, no, no. I think I was planning on it anyway, regardless. Um, all of a sudden I get this call from Liz and she's like, Hey, they're going to be doing a C. I'm pretty sure they're going to be doing a C-section and it's going to be like within the next hour or so. Yeah. I was like, okay, I go back up to the U and, and my parents' house is like 30 minutes away from the U. So it's not not just like a quick drive. Yeah. And I get there and I just, I remember the doctor was having you sign those consent forms for your C-section. Yeah. So the, the attending or whoever it was basically said like, if things keep going this way that they're going, then we'll for sure have you have a C-section. Um, it's not safe for you or the baby, but like, we don't really know. But when she had come in before and before I called Bridget, she made it sound like it was going to happen like really quick. And so that's why I called Bridget. And then she came back with the, with the things to sign. And it was like, we're just going to keep watching you. And I felt so bad because I made Bridget drive up again. <laughs> no, it's fine. But I did stay for like a couple, a hours. couple hours. Yeah. It was a long time. Like, yeah, 10-ish, 10. right? Yeah. yeah. Because you hadn't been home long before they before I called you again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they restarted Pitocin and I got up. So to, to fast forward like hours and hours, I got up to the dose level of a 16 and which was way more than what I had done before. So I was having crazy contractions and Robbie's heart rate was still doing the same thing. So at um, like 1250. Well, no, hold on. Let me say my part. So okay, I yeah. go home, I go home and like, cause when I got there at like 637, I was like, man, we're just going like, what happened? Like we're going back to square one. Like we're, Liz is just going to be doing, we're trying for a vaginal birth. Like I thought we were doing a C-section. So then I go home at like 10, 1030. I go to sleep. I told Liz, I said, I'm going to keep my phone on ring. Like, please call me. And I woke up at like 1220. And I texted Liz and I was like, hey, because I hadn't heard from her. And I was like, is um, what's the plan? How's it going? Know, what's the plan? Like, what's going on? And you were like, we're still doing the Pitocin, like blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, OK, I go back. I try to go back to sleep. And then I get a call from Liz and she's like, hey, she's like, they're going to do a C-section in 30 minutes. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, I didn't think that I was going to make it because because it was 30 minutes minutes away yeah and um and like it takes a while if anybody's been to the u like it's it takes a while to just park at their parking and then like going into labor and delivery and anyway so i get there oh do you want me to say that yeah well well hold on i will um so the doc i'm just gonna back up just a tiny bit so the doctor comes in tells me hey your baby's not the naughtiest baby on the unit tonight, but he's also not behaving the best. She's like, she just said, you're not progressing. You're out of four. So I had been basically having, so now I had been in labor for 25 plus hours at this point, And it only progressed to a four. And, um, she just said, it's not safe for you or the baby to continue like this road. So she's like, I'm going to suggest a C-section. And I said, okay. 
And I said, so like, when are you thinking like in a couple hours? And she's like, no, within the next 30 minutes. And I was like, oh, shoot. You know, so that's when I called Bridget and I told her and Bridget, I remember she got in the car and she said, okay, I looked at my ETA. I'm going to be there at 123. And it was like one o'clock at this point. And I was like, she's not going to make it, dude. You know, like this sucks. Um, Cause that's why, you know, we call, yeah, that's why I wanted Bridget to be there. But anyway, now continue. Oh, so yeah. So I am thinking Liz, like, I'm not going to see it, but I was like, at least like, I'll be there for like, right after it, like whatever. So I get up to the U, I check in at labor and delivery and I go they're like COVID uh, restrictions are like really insane. So um, I had to check in with like this lady and she's like, you know, her room, right? And I said, yeah, I've, you know, I've been here like all day basically. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay. And I was like, um, I was like, are they moving her somewhere? And she's like, no, her husband's still in there. And in my mind, I'm like, what? Like, so I go in there and I see Ryan on the couch. He's all like up in his um, like scrub stuff to go scrub in. And before, so we had asked one of the nurses if it was okay if I came in. Yeah. And um, they said, yeah. They said, we'll check with the anesthesiologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess Liz had asked him earlier, right? And he was mm-hmm. like, he was like, I don't know. Maybe we'll see how it feels when we get in there. And I was like, great. Yeah. And so I see Ryan and I was like, hey, I was like, are they going to still let me go in? And he was like, I'm not sure. And so I was like, I'm going to go ask a nurse. So I go out and I ask a nurse and they're like, let me, because Liz at this point is already back. She's getting prepped. Yeah. Yeah, She's already in the OR and um, they asked a nurse and they went to go talk to the anesthesiologist and you overhear them, Liz, right? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And he just was like, sure. Yeah. And so then they get me into scrubs and like a little like net thing hairnet your lunch lady hairnet yeah but then they take ryan back first yeah so bridget wasn't there for like the very very beginning stuff um so basically the plan was and this is how we like let them have two people in there as i i asked them i said when the baby's born can ryan go with the baby and can my sister come in and be with me while they're like sewing up you know type of stuff and they're like oh so that's how we like finagled it yeah but it didn't actually work that way like it worked did you get to see him? I told you. I said as I was scrubbing in, I got to see him getting pulled out. I didn't know that. You didn't know this. I, I told you that. Was I drugged when you told me this? Oh boy. Yeah. You know, they have because they took Ryan back, and then you know, like five minutes later, or I don't know how long. I don't know how long it was, but then they had me come back, and I was scrubbing in, washing my hands. And I got to see him get pulled out. Dude, not me getting teary-eyed. <laughs> don't, don't cry because I'm going to cry. I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Oh, good. I'm glad you got to see it. Yeah. And then, oh, geez, I'm getting all, oh, Liz, you can't you do this. Dude, I can't help it. I've got crazy hormones. <laughs> and then, um, so then. I go into the room and you can kind of just talk about your. So my portion of it is I'm state. So I talked to the anesthesiologist and I was like, just so you know, I am deathly afraid of this um, epidural, like traveling up my chest. Cause I've heard, you know, people can have that like heavy feeling with epidurals. So it feels like you're not breathing. 
And so I was like, he's like, oh, it's okay. He's like, that only happens with spinal blocks and you're not getting a spinal block. You're just having an epidural. And I was like, oh, okay. So they like lay me on the table, but also like this, I kind of thought I would have a C-section. Like I wasn't like, like opposed to it. But I also was like, man, wouldn't it be cool if I was the only person who had a vaginal delivery? Um, anyway, so I was in there by myself in the OR room at the beginning and they're trying to get everything prepared and all that stuff. And I just was like shaking. Like you put your arm, you like are laying on this table and your arms are out and I'm just like shaking. And they're like asking me like, Hey, are you cold? Like, what's going on? Like, no, I'm not cold. I'm just like extremely anxious. And the doctor's just telling me, he's like, your vital signs are great. Things are looking good. Um, yeah, he had me drink this really weird stuff before. I can't remember what what it was, but I told him, I was like, dude, that's giving me heartburn. I was like, I have something else. So he gave me like a Tums. Are you serious? Yeah. Cause he had me drink this drink before. I can't, I don't know what it was. I don't even. Anyway, yeah. Anyway. So he gave me a Tums while I was on the table and that was nice. Um, but, uh, anyway, so they start the thing, they give me my epidural or they give me more medicine in my epidural and they're like, Hey, we're going to see if your epidural is working. Cause we're going to start, you know, making the incision. And so they like, you know, tested it to see if I could feel anything down there and I couldn't. So they make the incision again. It's a teaching hospital. So I also have another first year resident helping with my delivery and she was taking her sweet time. Um, and, uh, here's the thing is I could feel literally every movement that they were doing. And I remember it was so painful. Like that was probably the worst pain I've ever felt in my entire life. Well, you and, can feel all the tugging and stuff. Yeah, and, you can feel the tugging. Yeah. And I, was I, like, I don't know if that's just like, because I felt that with both of my boys. So I don't know if that's just like a normal thing. And it just was like new to you. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was so painful. And uh, I guess by the time I was like unable to bear it, Bridget was there and I was like telling them. So they got the baby out and you hear his little cry and he goes, like it wasn't even like a he just was like oh man I was having such a good time in there you know like but the weird thing about the you was like they didn't even let Liz and Ryan take a video of the baby coming out yeah they did like that's just like weird to me I don't know like they said it's because video is like easy to manipulate but I would say like photos were easier to manipulate well, the thing too, in my mind is I'm like, I feel like everybody has a video of their baby coming out of their tummy. Yeah. Like I, I understand like the, from the get go, like not, uh, do like taking videos of the actual surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when the baby's coming out and you hear that first cry, like <clears throat> I, yeah, like, it's like, that is one of like, at least for me, like, those are like two of my like special videos that I have, like of mm-hmm. my children, you know? I just thought that was so weird. However, we did get a, I did get a video of like him coming to you, like with oh, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have to see that video. Really? Do you haven't seen it? You have any, I sent it in the family chat. Do you know how many things have come through? That's the thing. Anyway. So Ryan sees him and I, I'm looking at Ryan being like, is he okay? You know, like are things okay? And now I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> it's just like such a good experience dude I like oh oh so I see Ryan and um and right I can tell Ryan's like start he's starting to cry 
and it makes me cry. I haven't even seen him yet. You know, they, they don't like bring him over. Like, you know, in the movies, at least how it is for mine. At least it was for my delivery. They like, you know, in the movies, they're always like, here's your baby. And they like, you know, yeah, put him that's over okay. they did yeah, that they, at mine. Yeah. So they bring him, they didn't do that. So I, I just heard his initial cry and then he started crying afterwards. And I, and I was like, just like sobbing because like, I just, I don't know. Like, it's just a, it's just a miracle, dude. And like becoming a mom has been so great, even though I'm like so tired <laughs> all the time, but, um, sorry. <laughs> no, this is like, this is going to be an emotional episode. Our Ooh. like listeners are getting all of like the, the sides <laughs> of us. I know for real. Um, so they finally bring him around. And in the meantime, I am like yelling out in pain. I've been like yelling out in pain because it is like so painful to me. And so the doctor like gave me some pain meds. So I was kind of like out of it. Like when they showed me the baby, like I just was kind of like, oh good, he's okay. But I was like so like dizzy from like how much drugs I had been well, getting. But yeah, but the thing too is like Liz had been saying that she could feel everything. Or she could feel what they were doing. And so we were told that she had been given, like, because of how much pain she was feeling, that she was given more medication than they normally do in a C-section. Oh, yeah, yeah, So, because so- Liz, so I come in right after the baby's born. And I'm, she was initially holding a nurse's hand. And oh, then really? I end up, yeah, you were holding a nurse. You don't? Oh. No, so- dude, I was so out of it. When Ryan, Ryan, um, was over with the baby and then a nurse was holding your hand and you were holding it super tight. And then I ended up holding your hand, but then you wanted both hands holding. So I'm like, <laughs> did I really, dude, I do not. Re- <laughs> my dude, back, my back dude was like spasming. <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh too hard. It hurts my belly. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no that's just no when you know you love somebody you're like oh <laughs> you're like this isn't ins- the insanity workout this is why you're doing those <laughs> yeah, i'm like i better have some good back muscles after this. <laughs> for real but liz was like holding my hands so tight i literally thought my hands were going to break <laughs> I, I, I come in for a birth i'm gonna have two kids <laughs> Guys, I was in so much pain. Like I cannot even describe it to you. I'm so so much pain. (laughs) Oh my god, my belly! I'm gonna pee my pants. You're gonna have the joy of motherhood. I know. He just comes out whenever. Oh, oh, dude, that's hilarious. Okay, but really though, like I'm holding Liz's hands and she is like, I'm, or she kept asking for water. Yeah, because my nose was so stuffy and I had, I had, um, oxygen on my, on my face because we don't put that on you, but my nose is so stuffy from crying that I couldn't like do anything about it. It's not like I could like blow my nose or anything like that. And so I'll, I had this oxygen just like blowing into my open mouth because I was breathing through my mouth and my mouth was so dry. And I just kept asking for water. Yeah. I, could, well, I, like, I, I can't, can't swallow. I can't. I, ha- I had to like help Liz adjust the oxygen mask because it kept coming off of her nose. And then 
she kept asking for water like over and over and over again. And she kept saying that she was in pain over and over and over again. Yeah, because hard. Well, I'm just saying like on my aspect, it's hard because like I know exactly what Liz is. I mean, I've had two C-sections before. Like I know all of the pain that like you're feeling and it feels like it lasts because I actually with JD's, I had a PA. Um, she was learning from my OB learning how to like stitch you up. And I was in there for forever all by myself. Like Anthony was with, uh, oh my gosh, JD, because JD was born at 34 weeks, but like, I was just, and you can't have water. Like they didn't even have like a little sponge you could like suck on. Well, that's right. That's what I was trying to tell Bridget. I was like, I need a sweeties. Yeah. She was, I, I didn't even know what you were saying, dude. I was like, I was like, we have a sponge and they're like, we can't. And I told, I told you, I was like, Liz, we can't, you can't have it. Like, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Cause I felt like I couldn't swallow cause my mouth was so dry. Yeah. So and- in, in the meantime, cause I'm, this is like, be, pardon me being incoherent. I could feel them stitching me like, because I don't know, it must've been wearing off. I don't know. I've never really had like drugs like that. So I don't know if it like, if I absorb them quickly or what, but, um, I like was yelling out in pain. I was like, stop, I can feel it. I can feel them. And the anesthesiologist was like, where can you feel? It? I'm like, on my right side. <laughs> like, where were you doing? And so remember they had to stop what they were doing and they pushed more meds. Yeah. They pushed yeah. a ton of medication. Yeah. I was lit- I was so surprised at how much they were giving you because I Yeah. I feel I'm like surprised if, too. I feel like if like anybody, if I asked for that, like in my C sections, they'd be like, mm, no. <laughs> Yeah. But, but the thing too is like, so Liz is, do you, I'm, I'm going to, so Liz is having being stitched up. And when you're like, you have like seven layers of skin. So they have to, like, when you have a C section, they cut through all those layers. And then they also have to take your, I think Anthony said they take your uterus out. Yeah. And put it on you. And then they have to sit. Anyway. Um, so I see that there's like, when you're, when you have a C section, they're like, pulling the blood in like a tube and it goes mm-hmm. to like this canister and I saw it and I was like man that's a lot of blood like and then I saw these two nurses to my left and and I saw that this nurse goes over and she goes looks at the canister and then she comes back and she talks to another nurse and Anthony says that I I like always observe people like really well like I'm always like like I'm like everything that's going on yeah well it's just like I'm observing them and I'm like no something I don't know anyway and uh so then the other nurse goes over there both of the nurses are over there and one of them's jiggling the canister and um I think they were looking for clots um but they're like jiggling the canister and then somebody um then they go back over and then somebody says, oh, yeah, it's 750 milliliters. And then somebody said, no, it's over a thousand now. And so Anthony was telling me that um, a hemorrhage is anything over a liter of blood. And so Liz lost over a liter of blood. So she hemorrhaged. And oh, and so then the, the doctor, after the doctor heard that it was over a liter, she comes over. And do you remember this? She came over. I, to, don't, um, I don't remember any of this. Do you remember she came? Oh, sorry. She came over to like where your head was and she was like, are you feeling okay? And was like, yes. And I looked at her and I said, has she lost a lot of blood? And she looked at me and said, yes. And then she gave me like a face like, you know, 
And I heard that they had thought about giving you a transfusion, but then they were like, they wanted to wait on it or something. Mm-hmm. But then Liz is getting stitched up. It takes a really long time because she has a student. Yeah. So eventually we go back to the room and I am like snowed. And that means like you've had a lot. I don't of even that. know what that means. Oh, like when you like, it means you had a lot of, you've had a lot of narcotics. Oh, like, okay. Anyway. So, um, they give, you know, you I have my baby, but like, I can hardly remember anything about being in that room to tell you the truth. Like, because I just was like out of it. I know we got to hold him and you took a couple pictures and they had to come and like push on my, because I hemorrhaged, I had, I did get more belly pushing the on your fundus, um, to make sure everything was like contracting well or whatever. Um, but I was like, I couldn't even like stay awake. I Bridget got to hold Robbie for like the first hour of his life yeah that is yeah. true so i was so out of it and we had to stay in labor and delivery for two hours and then we went to postpartum and postpartum is like a whole other story <laughs> yeah well so liz ends up we they switch her from labor and delivery to postpartum care which is like on another area of the floor and you get new nurses and stuff and I left after you guys um, got, like, I went into the room with you and I helped get you situated. And, and then, dad came, right? Yes, dad came that morning and visited the baby. And um, and then I left for home and I got to take, a, like, a two-hour nap. Yeah. So then what happens in postpartum, Liz? So in postpartum, so during the delivery or after delivery, Ryan noticed, like, this little thing on Robbie's neck. And it looked like a little popped blister. And um, he pointed it out because he thought it was like a, a birthmark. Would and they have known? If, I don't think so. If Ryan didn't have pointed it out? I don't think so, dude. I don't All know. All of that was Ryan's fault? Yeah, Ryan. What the heck, man? Just kidding. I'm glad. But anyway, so when you're in a postpartum, like you have all these different specialties coming and seeing you. And because Ryan saw this little thing on Robbie's neck, one of the specialties that came in to see us was dermatology. And they're like, we want to see this little thing that looks like a pop blister. And they took a wound culture because they thought it was herpes, dude. And um, I, and uh, while that was happening, I was still like totally out of it. Like for the rest of the day, like I was just like, like sleeping, like, because I could not, I was trying to sleep off all the drugs I'd been given. Um, but they came, to, came and took a wound culture. Um, the pediatricians came in, uh, the OBGYN came in, like the floor attending came in and you know, everyone's talking to you. Anyway, so at some point in the day, um, the pediatricians came in and said, and told Ryan, because someone else was there visiting me. And it told Ryan that they were going to take Robbie back to have a lumbar puncture done to see, to get CSF, that uh, synovial something fluid Cerebral spinal fluid Cere- yeah yeah i don't know what it is um uh so then uh but they said it would be later in the evening and in the meantime ryan's parents were on their way up to see to see robbie it's their first grandbaby and um at like 2 30 in the afternoon one of our nurses comes and says hey we're gonna take him back to swab his eyes and then we'll be right back it'll be 10 minutes and ryan's parents were like parking at this time point and so we're like okay that's fine uh, by the time they park and get up here, it'll be, um, you know, he'll be back. So like two hours later, the baby was not back and Ryan's parents have, I mean, I know it's great to visit with them, but they didn't come to visit with me really. They wanted to see the grandbaby, you know? 
Um, so I, two hours later, he's not back. And I like call out to my nurse. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? You said you were taking him for an eye swab. It's been two hours. And so they, they check it and they're like, Oh, uh, the pediatricians are coming in right now to talk to you. And apparently they took him and they attempted the lumbar puncture twice and they missed, they didn't get anything. And so, um, they came to come. And it's a teaching hospital. Yeah. And it's a teaching hospital. And, um, and so, they said, Hey, if we're going to not do another one tonight, but, um, we're going to try and attempt it again tomorrow under interve- interventional radiology, like a guided, um, ultrasound. So that way they, they know they can get fluid. And at this point, m- my wits are about me again. And I just said, Hey, I don't have herpes. My husband doesn't have herpes. Um, this baby was born, uh, via C-section and not vaginally. So like, that's generally where they get it is in the vaginal canal. If they are going to get it. And I said, so the fact that you think he has herpes, I mean, it's a very low chance. And I said, can we just wait for the wound culture to come back from dermatology instead of making him go through this like really intense process again? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a great point. That's a great question. You know, uh, we'll, we'll talk it over and let you know tomorrow. So tomorrow happens. But in the meantime, they wanted to start him on an antiviral medication called acyclovir and because he was getting that and he's a baby, it's hard on your liver, I think, or kidneys, something like that. Anyway. Um, and he, so he had to be under continuous getting continuous fluids. So because he was getting continuous fluids, he couldn't stay in the room with us. He had to go in the step down unit from the ICU. So that is where Robbie spent the first three days of his life was in not with us. And it was in another unit. Um, and we would just have to go over there and visit him throughout the day. So it just felt really weird because we had just had this baby and our first night, we don't even get to like be with him. And Ryan and I are both just like crying and just like, this is not how you expect it to go. You know, you don't expect, you expect to be with your baby, not for him to be taken away. And Bridget can really like empathize with that because JD was in the NICU for two weeks or so um, himself. So like, it's just like a whole weird feeling to just be like, Oh, I just had a baby, but like, he's not with me. Um, it's hard. It's yeah. like, it's like, it's the weirdest, weirdest thing because, you know, I haven't ever shared my birth story. Maybe I will in another episode, but it's like, you have this baby and my, like the details surrounding my birth were very different from Liz's. He was born at 34 weeks because I had preeclampsia and gestational diabetes. And so, um, it was like, I felt it was very scary. And then like, you have this baby that's somewhere else and like, you're not going home with him. It's just, it's hard. But then I came up and Liz, um, well, Liz is, Liz got a pump or was supposed to get a pump for her uh, from her insurance, but they were being super wonky, weren't they? Yeah. It was like, they're like, we need to, they had already verified my insurance, but they needed to then again, verify who the primary insurance was. So it was just like a whole thing. And I, and then if I think once they got it verified, it was going to be like eight to 10 business days before I even got it. I'm like, I'm going to need a pump before the end of August. (laughs) Like, so Bridget went and bought a pump for me and brought it up to the hospital. Yeah. And then, well, then I came up and Liz needed a shower. So I bathed Liz and then, um, I helped you figure out the pump thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then they find out that it wasn't herpes. 
Yeah. So Friday morning. So literally every two hours, Bridget is like texting me for an update because she's at the house now. She's back at home because we're kind of at a point where like we don't not that I don't need Bridget, but also like like she didn't need to be up there for the birth. Well, and the thing too is my mom had been watching my boys and she went back to work. Um yeah. and so it was kind of like I didn't you can't bring up kids there, so it's it made it hard kind of hard to like find the time. Yeah. So um she's texting me and you know we're all kind of up at weird hours of the night because of kids and i'm in the hospital and blah 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 so i text her like no update she's like is there an update and i would you know hurry and check the my chart thing see if there's anything there no update but on wednesday evening one of the nurses said that there was a preliminary result back that said there was no growth um and then so they're like okay then it's probably going to be negative right it's been over 24 hours so Thursday, nothing had changed. And then Friday morning, I like checked it like early in the morning and I got a notification and uh, to say that it was negative. And so when the um, pediatrician came in at like nine or maybe 10 AM, she was like, guess what? And I was like, I already know it's negative. And she's like, yeah, so you can go home. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm grateful that you guys did all this extra work, but I knew it was going to be negative. <laughs> like the thing so- though is like, you do have to understand, like, this is the thing is like, I think sometimes people get you know frustrated by medicine medicine but it's like you know they do these things to for precaution like precautionary like yeah. I was telling Liz and I'm sorry to like keep bringing because JD's my like only experience of like that kind of stuff Austin's birth was totally fine but JD's birth you know he was born at 34 weeks and he wasn't breathing like he had to be on oxygen for two weeks Mm-hmm. they didn't know why and so they were like i remember one of the nights and i thought the thing is like you'd also have to ask anthony about this they either i think they did a lumbar puncture on him and they were taking a head ultrasound um to see if he had sepsis or something mm-hmm. and they wanted to see that beforehand just because it was like this would be our if he like if he has like this would be our next step we want to get ahead of our next step so then is some of the I mean people kids that have herpes that you know you hear these babies that are kissed by like their grandparent on their lips and they uh they have herpes and they don't they don't know it because sometimes people have the herpes it's like herpes simplex virus and it can lay dormant in your body and you never have symptoms Mm -hmm. like you hear of these grandparents that kiss their babies on their lips and then these babies end up dying like right because of it like it's serious for a little baby mm-hmm. and so it's like they're covering though, all their bases yeah even though it stinks and that was such a hard time like how like what if it would have been positive like it's like how grateful exactly. would you have been that they have already started the medicine and yeah and I asked them I was like so let's say he has it right like what's the next step when they're like well he would continue on this medication for another like one to three weeks depending on like when the culture comes back negative again, but so I'm, I'm grateful that they did that. I, I truly am. Um, it's just like, it's just a lot when you have like, you're sleep deprived, you don't know what's going on. So it was just kind of a crazy week at the hospital and Friday comes around. I just wanted to get home be with my little baby and we eventually made it happen at like 10 a.m. They're like, yeah, we're going to work on your discharge paperwork. And we didn't get home till like five. So it takes so long, dude. 
Yeah. Because then they have to do like their hearing test and like. Yep. But now that you, it's been like over a week, almost two. Mm-hmm. How's motherhood? Like, it's everything so you dreamed of. Like, what are yeah. some of the things that are harder or easier than you thought? The first couple of nights were super hard because um, he had some formula that like upset his tummy. Um, and just trying to get him on like a good schedule of sleeping and eating. I know he's only two weeks old, so like that doesn't really happen at this time point, but we're also trying to figure out our new normal of schedule of sleeping. And, um, luckily Ryan had last week off and now mom has the next 10 days off. So, um, I can get some naps in during the day. He goes back to work tomorrow, huh? Yeah, he, Ryan goes back to work tomorrow. So we're now like working on this like schedule of like, I will do the like first nighttime feed, you know, like 10 PM or whatever it is. And then like the early, early hours, which is like 4 AM ish, give or take. And Ryan does the middle of the night. Um, so that way Ryan can get like four hours in at the beginning and then four hours at like the end. So that way he's getting a good amount of sleep so he can go to work and like not want to, you know, fall asleep at the computer type of thing. Um, but we've both been able to take some naps during the day. Um, and that's been good. It's just, it's just like, it's just figuring out a whole new thing of normal. And I finally bought that taking care of babies thing. And I think it's going to be life-changing. So we, we bought it for, I, I, I think JD was like four months at this time, but, um, it was super good and it helped us like, I don't know. Like, I feel like too, with your first kid, you're like, everything's so cautionary, like with your, and then your second, you're like, oh, he's going to be fine. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. But, um, so I feel like it was also good for that aspect that we're not like so cautious about things that we're like, it's okay if he cries, like it's going to be fine, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, parenthood is like out of this world. It's so, it's so great. I love, I mean, obviously like he's, he's, I'm putting in quotes smiles, but it's like not, he's not actually smiling. Like it's not a controlled smile, but when he just looks at you with those little eyes and it's just like, Oh, like you would just do anything. I know our parents always used to tell us like, you'll never know like true love until the first time you see your baby. Like, it's just like instant love. And it really truly is. It's just like, holy cow. Like I would do anything for this little baby. And you know, man, I just love him so much. He just is so cute and the sleepless nights and hours or whatever that's worth it so yeah that's yeah i agree amen amen anyway that's 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 robbie's birth story it was crazy it was i mean I'm, we're glad he's here we're glad that you guys made it through same and you know what like i kept telling ryan i'm like no we need to write all this stuff down to make sure we remember it but I'm going to have it here recorded for the rest of time. So yeah, he can hear it in my own words one day. He can be like, man, my mom was such a crier. I know. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad that we were able to have our, have your birth story on here and we have some fun, exciting, like, yes, people coming coming down the pipeline next couple weeks. And yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. Hopefully you won't cry as much in the following episodes. Right. For real. (laughs) All right, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, guys. See ya.